Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I'm your host, Charlie James. Uh, As always, like, share, leave a review, whatever you want to do with this podcast. Whatever you do with all the wonderful podcasty things out there, I would like you to do with this one as well. And don't forget to tune in weekdays 3 to 7 on News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas, for the Charlie James Show. I would have thought that we would have learned by now. I would have thought that with all of the action movies that we've seen, all of the James Bond movies that we've seen, that when somebody wants to tell you that they want to rule the world, we should run from those people. We should not consider those people our allies or our friends. But apparently we haven't learned. Apparently... Life does not imitate art, or maybe it does. Because, you see, we have people now that literally want to rule the world. They believe that their ideology is so superior to yours that they have to impose their will on you. And there are so many people around the globe that are more than willing to do it. And how did these people get in power? Because I I swear to you, I, I don't ever remember going to the polls and voting for a world leader. I don't remember going to the polls and voting for anybody in the World Economic Forum. I have never pulled the lever for Klaus Schwab or Yuval Harari. I've never done that. So how did these people get so powerful? What is it about this group of people, the World Economic Forum, that makes every nation in the world bow down to their ideologies and their dictates? What is it about them? What do they have on our leaders that, the, that makes them so unbelievably powerful? I mean, there they are in Davos, flying in in their private jets. I mean, the lifestyle that that, that Klaus Schwab must live, I mean, that must be unbelievably exorbitant, opulent even. Does nobody look into this? Does nobody do any research into the average daily life of Klaus Schwab? What does he do? Get up, look in the mirror, and do his daily affirmations? You are going to be the ruler of the world. You will be the best ruler of the world that we have ever seen. You are going to control everything and everyone. Are those his daily affirmations? I mean, I remember there was another little German guy not long ago that also wanted to rule the world, and that didn't work out all that well for him. It took a world war to get rid of him. But all throughout history, we have seen these people that just want to be the rulers of the world. Why? I'll never understand the hubris, the arrogance, the pride in this. I mean, I've got enough problems just taking care of the house, making sure the yard is cut. The uh, the, the, the shrubs are, 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 are trimmed and, and they... <laughs> That's just, it's too much. No, you you don't, you know, uh, I don't think I could take care of the world. But these people, that's exactly what they want to do. 
They want to impose your will on you. And recently, we've been hearing a lot of uh, 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 from them lately. You see, they used to hide in the shadows. They used to be in these uh, secretive groups like the Bilderberg Group or uh, uh, Bohemian Grove or all, all of these things that, that, uh, that, that you hear about. But now they're out in the open. And now they're saying the quiet part out loud. Even the World Economic Forum, with their website, on their website, it states, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Well, if we don't own it, then who does? Well, they do. They own it. They want to own everything, along with BlackRock and Vanguard and all of these other uh, giant hedge funds and money managers. They're the ones that want to own everything, and they want to make the money off of you. But that's not just about the money. It's about how you act, what you do on a daily basis. And they're using environmentalism to do it. Over the past few years, I mean, for a long time, we've heard about vegetarians, right? I mean, that's been a, a lifestyle for a long time. But then we, we amped that up into veganism. And I read a story on the radio today that uh, about this woman whose daughter got lice and she was sent home from school. And the woman says she's not going to do anything about her daughter's lice because she doesn't want to kill the lice, because she is a vegan. And since she's a vegan, all life is precious, even the parasites that are just completely infested in her daughter's hair. She's going to leave them alone. I promise you, I have no idea how that's going to work out for this kid. But social services definitely needs to give that family a problem, because if this woman is not killing the bugs in her daughter's hair. Do you think she's killing the bugs in the cupboard? You think she's killing the bugs in the laundry room or in the garage? No, she's not. They're probably running rampant. Ugh, I couldn't even imagine living in such an environment. That's why I think a lot of this stuff is really and truly born from some sort of a mental illness. It has to be. Not wanting to get rid of the lice in your daughter's hair? Yeah, there's definitely something wrong going on there. But bugs are really the topic of today's podcast because they are what the folks in the World Economic Forum and others, the Greeny Weenies, the, uh, uh, all of these environmental groups, they want to use bugs as your food source. And this is becoming more and more accepted with a lot of people around the planet. They want you to eat mealworms. They want you to eat crickets. And Lord knows what else they've got coming up with because bugs are definitely part of their menu for the future. Will they be eating bugs? Eh, probably not. They'll probably dining on that wonderful Wagyu steak or some really good salmon somewhere or some of that wonderful, wonderful sushi-grade tuna. That's what they'll be eating. Meanwhile, you'll sit down for a delicious, filling lunch of mealworms and crickets. Does that sound good to you? Doesn't sound good to me. And I know I never voted for anything of the such. Did you know that 
in almost every product that you eat, the FDA actually has an acceptable level of what they term as filth. Filth is their term for things like rodent hairs, animal feces, and bug parts. And they are allowed in our food. I know it makes you kind of kind of gives you the creep there, right? Uh, absolutely. These are also called food defects, right? So let's say you uh, you, you sit down and you uh, having your eggs in the morning, you uh, put a little black pepper on there. Well, please don't think about the fact that you're eating more than forty insect fragments for every teaspoon. Oh, that sounds nice. Uh, forget that. I'm just going to have the fruit. Oh, really? Fruit flies can, of course, we know, catch a ride anywhere from the fields to the harvest to the grocery store, and they get trapped by processors, and they are actually in your food. So let's say you sit down for a nice peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, the FDA allows 30 insect fragments for every 100 grams, which is about 3.5 ounces. So the typical serving for peanut butter is two tablespoons, unless you slather like I do. That means two tablespoons of peanut butter in a sandwich would have about eight insect fragments and a teensy-weensy bit of rodent filth. Yeah, again, there's that word again. Jelly and jam are not really as controlled as peanut butter. Apple butter can contain an average of four or more rodent hairs for every 3.5 ounces and about five whole insects. And that's not counting the unknown numbers of teensy mites, aphids, and things like that. Apple butter can also uh, contain a large amount of animal products or bugs. So what if you just, I know all of this is just enough to just make you want to sit down and have a drink. So you make yourself a Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary can actually contain up to four maggots and or 20 or more fruit fly eggs. Am I grossing you out yet? Because I'm grossing myself out here just a little bit. But this is going to be the new normal. This is what they want. They want you to consume bugs to save the planet. That's what they want you to do. The real thing that they want to do is get rid of nitrogen fertilizer. That's the big thing, okay? You get rid of the nitrogen fertilizer because nitrogen uh, and, and uh, grows food. But in that process, it also uh, gives off a lot of methane gas. Well, so do cows, and they want to get rid of those too. In fact, in Ireland... They have just required the culling of 250,000 cows that would have otherwise... Now, these aren't sick cows. These aren't diseased cows. These are cows that are perfectly fit for meat. But the, Scott, uh, I'm sorry, the Irish government decided in the sake, for the sake of environmentalism, for the sake of saving the planet, they're going to cull... 250,000 cows. Now, just imagine you're a dairy farmer in Ireland. And by the way, Irish dairy products are some of the, if not the best, dairy products in the entire world. And they want to get rid of your cows. Same thing going on in Norway. They want to do away with the cows there. They want to do away with the nitrogen fertilizer. That is what makes food grow. So without meat to eat and without... Uh, the, the, the farms producing food, what else is left? Well, of course, it's the bugs. They want you to eat 
bugs. And they want you to do it really, really bad. In fact, they're starting to push this on you. If you will look on some of your um, products that you get, there's actually a terminology in there in some of these sites that actually is kind of a workaround for saying this product contains bugs or edible bugs, but that's exactly what it does. It contains edible bugs. But in order for you to eat bugs, they need to get rid of some of your other options. I mean, how many food plants did we see catch on fire or have uh, mysterious circumstances happen over the past couple of years? Over a hundred food processing plants have either been uh, have caught on fire or something else uh, horrible has happened. In fact, two food processing plants have actually had planes crash into them. What are the odds? Well, they're not that good. I'll guarantee you that. So they've got to remove your options. So say you want to sit down and you don't want your bugs. You want a nice, juicy steak. Well, listen to what this guy with the World Economic Forum says. So I'll give two examples. So one is that uh, people eat too much meat, right? And if they were to cut down on their consumption of meat, then they would, uh, it would actually really help the planet. Uh, but people are not willing to give up meat. Yeah, you know, some people will be willing to, but other people, they may be willing to, but they sort of, they have a weakness of will. They say, wow, this, this steak is just too juicy. I can't do it. I, I'm one of those, by the way. So, you know, but so here's the thought, right? So it turns out that we know a lot about, so there, we have these, intolerance to, uh, so I, for example, I have milk intolerance. I'm, uh, and there's, some people are intolerant to crayfish. So possibly we can use hu human engineering to make it the case that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat, to certain kinds of bovine, uh, bovine proteins. And there's actually analogs of this in life. There's this thing called the long star tick, where if it bites you, you will become allergic to meat. Uh, I can sort of describe the mechanism. So that's something that we can do through human engineering. We can kind of uh, ad possibly address really big world problems through human engineering. That's right. You heard him right. Bioengineering. They're making these Lone Star ticks. And listen, I, I'm, I'm, you will not be able to convince me that Bill Gates and some other people are not behind this. I mean, Bill Gates is the same guy that put genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida and in Texas. And where all of a sudden is malaria popping up? Yeah, you guessed it, Florida and Texas. So this guy says it is possible for them to take whatever gene makes you allergic to meat and give that to people so that they will automatically have an aversion to meat. I mean, after all, you don't want to eat anything that you're allergic to, right? You'll die. Just ask anybody with a peanut allergy or a shellfish allergy what happens if they come in contact with it. But that's what they want to do. They want to bioengineer your body to reject meat. Well, what's going to be next? Are they going to bioengineer your body to reject fish, to reject the vegetables? Don't think that's not around the corner because it absolutely is. These people are just that evil. And that is the only way that you can describe it. They are evil. They are arrogant. And they want to rule the world. And they want to do it with bioengineering. They want to change human physiology, not 
to be more free, not to be more happy, not to be more prosperous, not to be more fit or healthier. No, they want to bioengineer the human anatomy to, sol- to, to serve the purposes of their ideology. That's what they're really looking at. They're looking at a complete society of robots, just like we talked about in the last podcast, Robot City. That's exactly what they want. They're going to decide, they are going to decide what is best for you. And then they're going to try to alter your genetic makeup to make you that way. That's coming. What I see now is really, have you ever planted a garden? And you push your put your seeds out and you kind of watch your seeds and you keep an eye on your seeds and nothing, nothing happens, nothing. And then all of a sudden, one day, you get these little green sprigs popping up. I believe right now with all of this environmentalism and, and all of this stuff, these are just the little sprigs that are popping up. They haven't even begun to bloom or fully mature. I think the plans that they actually have for the human race are far more nefarious than we can even imagine. Because you and I don't think like that. We don't think about controlling other people. That's just not the way we spend our days. But that is the only way they spend their days. Oh, they'll dine on meat. They'll dine on fish and caviar. They'll drink their champagne. They will enjoy their lives. But you? You're hungry? Ha! Let them eat bugs. This is the Checkpoint Charlie podcast.